It's great to welcome you uh, to Oasis. We're going to continue this morning with a subject that we've been looking at, Mind Matters. And uh, over the last few weeks, uh, this is the third message out of four. Peace of mind is what I want to speak about this morning. So we've looked at the battle for the mind. Uh, There was another week, I looked at the uh, being uh, transformed by the renewing of our minds. What does that mean? So this morning, I want to speak about peace of mind. And then uh, in a a week or so, last message will be looking at a winning attitude. What is a winning attitude? It won't be what we expect. But uh, so that's where we're going. And that's where we've been going under the theme of mind matters. You know, what you think matters, your mind matters, you matter to God. And uh, I was saying recently that members of the royal family are speaking about their health and mental health. It's become a subject that is much more openly spoken about. And it was something that I wanted to address and have been addressing from a from a Christian, from a God-centered, Christ-centered point of view uh, over these weeks. And so it's a subject. So, so we, we view that these times like this, our gatherings um, fuel our scattering. And so this morning, I just hope and pray, I really do, that what we share will be something that you'll be able to take away. It's great to be in the atmosphere of this place, God's presence with other believers. And you can feel, you, there's a tangible sense of that this is the place of the presence of God. The God, presence of God is here has been here, is here now, and uh, as we worship him. And as you walk out of the doors and we scatter into our life, 90% of our time is in our lives in your world, we want the present, go in the presence of God. You can still go in the presence of God. And uh, so we're praying that our times now fuel our times then and throughout the rest of our week. And so this is why it's so important about gathering in a local church, gathering with like-minded believers, gathering in the presence of God. And um, so... So I want to read a verse. It's from Isaiah 26, verse 3. You might want to turn to it. It'll come up on screen as well. And it's from, I'm uh, quoting from the New International Version. And it reads like this. Speaking of God, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Depending on which translation you, you like to read this in, it will say slightly different things. But you will keep, says of God, the prophet is saying, you will keep in perfect peace. How about that this morning? I I don't know about you, but I want to know a life where I can be at peace. Uh, In perfect peace, who? The person whose mind is steadfast because they trust in you and trust in God. And so it's that that I want to unpack just for a few moments this morning, and that's where we're going to go. I, I shared, um, so everything that we're sharing today is really linked into a whole series of messages. So you may come into this, and this is a, a, a standalone, so you could be like a box set, take it out standalone, but it, it's probably good to look at battle for the mind, it's look at how to transform your mind, and this is fitting into that on finding peace of mind. There's a whole reason of a series that we're looking at together. And you can listen to this for free or on our website at longeatonoasischurch.co.uk. You could go uh, onto the uh, app store and download um, you know, a podcast app and you can subscribe to for free and it will update you when stuff's coming through so you can listen um, to your heart's content. Now, I, I shared um, anxiety. So... If you may, you may or may not, you may have been here. If you've been here uh, a week or so ago, then forgive me. But if you weren't, I'm just going to say something. Um, a number of years ago, I became extremely... Now, in hindsight, I realized I was having anxiety attacks. 
I'm going back 30 years, as I look at older than a number of people that are actually sitting. So I go, I go back, not a long, long way, but a reasonably long way back in time now, okay? It's beginning to catch up with me. And about 1988, I got married. 1988, got married. But that wasn't the reason for my anxiety attacks, by the way. <laughs> if you tell my wife that, that Freudian slip, I'll be in trouble. That was not the reason for my anxiety attacks. 1988, I met my wife in 87. My, my, I nearly said my present wife, my, my, my only wife. Oh. I'll start again. I met my beautiful, wonderful only wife, Helen, in 1987. We married in 88. And around about 88, second year of Bible college, um, we would be released. Uh, I did three years at Theological College. My wife, Helen, did the same, Elam College. And you'd be released on uh, local weekends at churches and be encouraged to speak. That's what we've been trained, trained for at college. And uh, every time I would, the, the, the day before speaking, uh, I would be having a shower in the morning, on the Sunday morning, I'd be reaching, forgive me, to be sick. And it would hurt my stomach. That's how bad it was getting. And I wasn't sick with anything. because it was. And I, my mind would be racing. I can't do this. I'm no good. I'm not good enough. I'll never do this. And, that, and that's how I would be. Now I realize that's probably an anxiety attack. But at the time I thought, what on earth is going on in my life? With all the talk today, I realize that now. And um, I, I, I've worked out, actually. Um, so, well, if, so if you're going to be in ministry, you're going to speak quite a bit. This, I worked it out that this is not going to do my life much good. I'm not going to be feeling very well if I'm going to be carrying on like this. I, I, and uh, I, it was a vicious cycle. And so um, I, I've and since worked it out, um, 52 weeks a year, it's 104 morning and night, 104 sermons or messages a year. In over 30 years, that's over 3,500 messages. And I've probably done three, now 30 years later, three to 4,000 different sort of messages at some point. Can you imagine being sick every time in the thought of three or four thousand over? It, 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 you know, it, it's not going to do you very much good, is it? And at the time, this verse, this verse became to me an incredible lifeline as I began to think and meditate on this. It changed. It, it actually helped me. And I'm going to talk about this today. So what we're about to talk about, it's biblically true. It stands in itself. And it's worked for me, okay? So I'm going to talk out of that. And uh, I, I use this uh, verse as I thought, I meditate. I spoke last week about the power of meditating on God's word. Not going to do that today. Um, and this has helped me. You will keep. I committed this to memory. I committed this to memory. I can recite it in my sleep. And I began to unpack this for my life. And the rest of the Bible, obviously, and, and my relationship with Jesus and the power of the person, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here. So I, I'm going to unpack it over the next few moments. We're going to be finishing soon. So uh, it lends itself into three parts. And I, I'm going to take the first, and it's on the screen there, so you better look at it as well. So you will keep in perfect peace. Let's take that first of all. Then I'll look at those whose minds are steadfast. That's the second thing that we'll do. And then finally, because they trust in you. That's the third thing we're going to do. Okay, so first of all, you will keep in perfect peace. Uh, if we want to know, I want to know peace of mind, peace of heart. So this is, this is, this is quite amazing. Um, the word peace there means much more than just absence of trouble, a bit of peace and quiet. Uh, we live in a very hectic world and uh, we all need some downtime. 
that, that, that is a, a degree of peace, just when you can, no rush, no, no hustle and bustle, no, no essays to write, uh, if you're at uni or college or whatever it is, or you, I'm out from work, put my feet up, don't even put the telly on, a sense of peace. But this word peace means much, 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 much more than that. It's more than just an absence of trouble, uh, quiet. That's, that's just the tip of the iceberg, if we understand what this word peace literally means. This word peace that's used here, and is used throughout the Old and the New Testament, carries an idea of wholeness and harmony. I'll, ex- I'll explain in a moment, but if you just want to just we want to park on this. this when, when it speaks there, you will keep in perfect peace, speaking of God, those who are steadfast and trust in God. It literally means... God will keep in harmony and wholeness with himself and with yourself, uh, your life. Um, the, the, the idea there is of uh, being in, in complete total, the totality of my life becoming in alignment with the totality of who God is, to be at peace. To be truly at peace, to find true peace, this is really interesting, and we won't have a lot of time to unpack this completely. That would be maybe for another day. But to find true, real peace, the peace of God, is, to, is, is for my life, your life, your heart, your mind, your livelihood, who you are, the way you think, the way you tick, everything about you, all you, you do, all that you hope, all that you've come from, all that you're going to, everything that runs and functions in the whole of the totality of you and me is to have that in complete alignment with the creator of the universe. When we come into a line, when our hearts are lined up with the heart of God, we will know true harmony, wholeness. That's peace. Now, this is the, this is the, the sort of understanding behind the Hebrew word shalom. Uh, uh, it's in the Old Testament and, the, and the, the translations for peace as it comes at Jesus' peace. And Jesus is our peace. And Jesus gives us his peace. And this is what it means. And so it means to have complete wholeness and harmony with the creator. A, a, a wholeness to be whole within. Inner peace. Now, uh, it's interesting because the word to be anxious literally means to be pulled apart. It, it, when you're anxious, you get pulled from pillar to post in your emotions and your thoughts. Think about it for a minute. Well, no, don't think about it because you might start to feel anxious. But, but, but when, we're ang- when, we have ex- when we have anxiety, it's... Forgive me for saying this, but it's gut-wrenching. It pulls you in emotions, in thoughts, and in heart. To be anxious is to be frayed at the edge. We we, we come apart at the seams. You've heard that saying? That's what it means to be anxious. We we, we begin to fray. uh, But peace with God, in God, is harmony and wholeness. You see, anxiety pulls us apart. But when we are aligned in heart with God, we have an inner, we we won't be pulled apart. You'll be pulled at times and you'll feel a rocky, but you'll have something. It's called the peace of God that holds. Uh, you know when somebody says, pull your life together. It's the worst thing to say to someone who's completely anxious or depressed or life's going belly up. I know what people mean well when they say that. They think that sometimes a shock for somebody might help them. It doesn't actually. One of the worst things that you probably could do and say to somebody but to find the peace of God, that's the key to life. Okay, so moving on. So peace is completeness, wholeness. It's not based on absence, but it's based on presence. 
It's not based on the absence of trouble, but based on the presence of God. And so when we think of peace, we think of absence. And there's a degree of, super, that's, that's a bit superficial. There's a degree of truth, a bit of quiet, you know. But it's about the presence, not absence of trouble, a bit of degree of truth. But completely, it's based on the total presence of God. Jesus in us. So it's interesting when Jesus said, uh, my peace I give you, not as the world gives. Yeah, exactly right. It's exactly right. It's, it's not as the world gives. The world gives you a bit of peace and quiet, a bit of extra money. Oh, that gives me a bit more peace. There's a degree of truth in that. It's the tip of the iceberg. It's quite external. It's, that, that, if it's on its own, it's very superficial. But Jesus said, my, he is peace. And then he said something to the disciples before his resurrection. My peace I give you. It's tangible, experiential comes within our hearts and lives when we become born again. It's peace at a whole new level. It's peace at a whole new level. It's in a different realm. It's in a completely different realm that the world gives. There's a degree that you'll get in the world, a degree. But in Christ and in God, there is a totality of fulfillment where our lives become in harmony and lined up with the heart of the Creator. So it's no wonder that Paul then says in writing in the letter to the Philippians, in Philippians chapter 4, he talks about the peace that transcends all understanding. It's right, because it's in a different realm. Read it for yourself. He talks about, says, let the peace of God will guard your heart and mind. It transcends all understanding. That's absolutely true. So Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, Paul says that God can do more than you can ask or imagine. Ephesians, that's one of my favorite verses, Ephesians 3.20. Read it in the message. It's mind-blowing. It's amazing if you read Ephesians 3.20 in the message. God can do more than we can ask or even imagine. Our minds, there's a peace. It's in a different realm. It's the peace of God. Supernatural. The creator of the universe making me whole. Wow. Inner, in the heart, in the very depth. It's an inner peace. So no wonder it says that Jesus uh, slept like a babe in the midst of a storm. I know he's the son of God, but he's also fully man. People say, oh, he was the son of God. He knew what he could do. He, he was able to stop the storm. Absolutely true, but he was also fully man. He, he would get uh, the pangs of anxiety. He was in the garden and he was anxious. Sweat drops like blood. If you could take this from me, Father. Amazing, isn't it? And yet he could sleep like a baby in the storm because he had an inner His heart was in harmony with the creator of the universe. He had the shalom of God, the peace of God. It's interesting in Psalm 23, verse 4, the psalmist writes, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow, I will fear no evil. You know, the road is going to get bumpy. In our lives as Christians, it still does get bumpy. It doesn't, sometimes the road is smoothed out for us. There, we do have a breakthrough God. We have a miracle, wonder-working God. And he does smooth the way. He can, he can part the waves. He can, he can, he, he can um, fill the valley and make it a great causeway. Miracle-working God. But there are other times, and quite often, I don't know about you, but I have had those experiences of the miracles, and God has smoothed the way. But I've also experienced a lot of the bumpy way in my life. Don't be surprised if life gets a bit bumpy. And the psalmist, but the psalmist says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow, I will fear no evil. So he, the psalmist is going through the deepest, darkest valley, and yet heart is lined with the shepherd, the great shepherd. Jesus, we now know in the New Testament, that's Jesus, 
the saviour of our soul. So there are bumps in the road, but the peace of God is like the heavenly shock absorber that you have in your car. If you go over too many speed bumps, these things that they put in the road to slow us all down, you have shock absorbers to try and take the strain of that. And it's the peace of God that we need to know in our hearts and our lives. So the peace. And, and that is the, the, uh, the, the peace that God is, is that's being described here. Secondly, so, and I don't know about you, but I want to know that. And you and I can know that sense of inner harmony with our creator through Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. You and I may have, have access, can know that, and you can know that today. Second thing that, 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 that links into that then, um, you will keep in perfect peace, who? This is the key. Those whose minds are steadfast, thirdly, because they trust in you. So we can know that inner harmony. You can know that peace of heart and mind that takes you through the bumps in the road, that you know in inner calm, for those whose mind is steadfast. Uh, One translation says stayed. Interesting, an old word. Those whose heart and mind is stayed on God. Steadfast. And what is a steadfast mind? The steadfast mind, in the expanded translation of that word, is committed and focused. A mind that is steadfast, in the, the, the original expanded translation of what does it mean to be steadfast, is, has two parts to it, commitment and focus. So you could say that God brings harmony with our hearts and lives and a wholeness and an inner calm and an inner peace to our lives for those who are committed and focused in their mind towards him. That's the sort of translation that's coming out here. So I would ask the question this morning in that second part, our mind is steadfast, um, what are you looking at today? Tell me, please don't. You know, what's looming large in your life? What's on the horizon? What's happening right now? You know, what was a mountain for me could be a molehill to God. But to me, it's a mountain. No point someone telling me, get over your life. Look, you can get over this. But to me, it's real. It's big because I can see it. It's very real to you and I. This situation at work, the situation in your health, family, you know, the lack of finance. What, what, what are you looking at? What is your circumstance right now? What are you looking at? Who? Second, I would ask another question. Who are you looking to? Your advice, your help, your hope. We need family. We need friends. We need good friends. Colleagues. This is all good stuff. This is all good. We need people. We're designed by God to relate to people. So we do need people. And so it's good to look towards and look out for one another. But is that where you take all of your encouragement from in life? What are you looking at and who are you looking to? You're, maybe it might be your, your own, you've got your own ideas on life and you've set your own agenda in life, so you're looking to yourself. I've met many a person that's, I'm self-made. Uh, I've got my own philosophy of life and this is what I'm doing. And they trust themselves. Maybe you're doing that. No, it, it says here something quite different. It says here that it's the person whose mind is steadfast. That is intentional wholehearted focus on God. So it could be that you will keep in perfect peace those who are intentionally, wholeheartedly focused on the Creator, Father God, Jesus the Son, the person of the Holy Spirit. That's what it could read like. That's, what it, that's the original, that's the meaning of what we're reading in front of us here. Often Jesus would say to people, look to me, follow me. The focus of attention isn't on a teaching or a doctrine or a church, but it's on the person of Jesus, the saviour of the world. That's our focus. This is the 
the center of our hearts. There's a song, isn't there? Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus didn't say, look at me, look at me, because he was a big head. He just wanted adulation. In actual fact, he would escape from people because he didn't want the adulation. But he knew that he would carry in the forgiveness of the world. That's why we look to him, look at him. So it's intentional, so committed focus. It's an intentional, wholehearted focus on the Father. Now, and, 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 you know, we, so, so in, you, you and I, intention, so intentionally, I would take this verse and other verses in the Bible, and when I began to feel like being sick, which, which kept on for me for about a year, I did not break this. It, it took me about a year to get through this. Uh, even to this day, I have a slight pang of anxiety, but, uh, so I don't take breakfast on a, on a Sunday morning. Um, I eat when I get home then a bit later on, but, uh, um, it's nothing like what it was. And I would have to come back again and again, coming back to lining up my heart with the heart of God, knowing that Father, the Father is good. I know that he's a miracle, wonder-working God. I know that all his, his purposes for me are good, that I can do thing, all things through Christ who gives me strength. I, kept, I would come back again and again, looking at this, praying to this, opening up my heart to this, focusing on the Father, focusing on the Father again and again. And you and I will need to come back again and again and again. You see, because what happens, we get into a vicious cycle. When we're in anxiety, the, the sympathetic nervous system kicks in. We start to feel all woozy and our minds race. The mouth goes dry. The heart increases. You know, the stomach hurts. Uh, you need to go to the bathroom for different reasons, but that's what happens. The whole sympathetic nervous system kicks in. Then your mind is running. I can't do this. I'm no good. Why am I feeling like this? You begin to think all sorts of thoughts if this continues. Maybe, I'm, maybe I've got some sort of disease or maybe you, all sorts of things but then begin to happen. That becomes a cycle, a vicious cycle. But what we've got to do is put in place a faith cycle, not a vicious circle, but a faith cycle. And so I would come back again and again Reaching out to him, focusing on God, giving him my heart, calling upon the Holy Spirit, trusting him with my life. And I found that the faith cycle ultimately broke the vicious cycle that was going on in my mind and heart. It was amazing. He will give perfect peace to those whose minds are set and hearts are set on him. It's amazing. Um, it's interesting in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, and I've alluded to this quite a lot, but it's interesting, Paul speaking on anxiety and coming in prayer, in, in a few verses down in chapter 4, verse 8, he says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. You've got to break the vicious cycle with a faith cycle. You've got to look to him. These aren't just nice things. Oh, nice dinner today. I mean, that is good. It's good to have it, you know, or shopping trip coming up soon. If you were my wife. These are nice things or a holiday to, to wherever. These, these are all legitimately nice things. It means much more than that. It's looking at those perfect things the things in the person of God. Everything that's described in Philippians 4 and 8 are more than just good things of life, positive things. This isn't positive psychology. This is a faith in God 
cycle of heart and life. And so the noble things, the lovely things, the admirable things, praiseworthy, excellent. This is Paul looking to God and he's in house arrest, soon to die. He was chained and yet so free. How incredible is that? Because his focus was on the Father. His focus was on the Father. If you are captured by certain thoughts and feelings, break the cycle with a faith cycle according to this. And, and, and coming again and again and again and again and coming back again and again to him. Finally, as we close then, uh, third and final point is this. Um, it says, you will keep in perfect peace the peace of the whole totality of God, those whose minds are steadfast, coming back again and again and refocusing and setting our agenda and setting my heart and life on him because they trust in you, because they trust in you. Faith is the fuel for peace. Trust is faith. Faith is the fuel for peace. I'd say that to you this morning. The word there, trust, literally means hope and confident expectation in the expanded translation of what that means. Trust, to trust God, to to have faith in God, to have trust Jesus with your life, to trust the Holy Spirit today. You know, I I can't do this, but I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I'm going to trust you, Jesus. I'm going to step out. I'm going to apply for that job. I'm going to walk through the door, and I feel I I feel I can't do this, but I'm going to I'm going to trust you with this. That's faith. That's 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 trust. You know, I'm going to forgive them, even though they're hurting me. That's trust. I, I, I'm going I'm to let, let this thing go that's been with me for years. That's, that's called trust. That's, that's trust. And faith, faith and trust is the fuel of peace. Martin Luther said this, I have held many things in my hands and have lost them all. But whatever I have placed in God's hands, that I still possess. The great reformer. I have held many things in my hands and I've lost them all but whatever I've placed in God's hands I still possess if we let go you know the old saying let go and let God there's 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 an element of truth letting our hands be open to him you know when we put our problems in his hands he puts his peace in our hearts if your life is in his hands he releases his peace his totality into your mind and heart what are you still holding on to? I discovered that I was, when I was so anxious and being, reaching but not being sick, uh, I, I was just, it was me. It was all about me. I can't do this. I, can, I can't. I'm not good enough. And listening to voices that said I'd never achieve anything. And, and I had to take a step back, which is very hard, but I got the faith cycle in place over the next year, coming again and again. And little by little, I began to trust. Your trust has to be built, has to grow. You know, so don't, don't beat yourself up if you think, oh, faith, here we go again. We're going to talk about faith. But Jesus said, mustard seed. If I had a mustard seed in my hand, well, I don't think I could see it. I, got, I need glasses for, for close-up anyway these days, but you would not see it. Mustard seed is so small. And Jesus said, faith the grain of a mustard seed can move mountains. So don't beat ourselves up. Trust. A little bit of trust. A little bitty little bit of trust. And come again and again and again and again. When you, and I would feel like it. I would feel, what's this doing? I feel sick. I, I, I'm, I'm you know, sweating. I'm, I can't do this. And I'd go and speak and I, I, I'd get it done. And, but little by little, I began to change my heart, change my thinking, change my focus. I come back again and again and trust him and put my life. But it's putting our lives in his hands. You know, um, 
the, the, the way to grow in faith is uh, explore the power of conversational prayer. I would suggest that, that you and I, maybe you do this already, but explore the power of uh, conversational prayer, and that will expand your level of trust. What, what I mean is this. What I mean is this. It's interesting because um, Paul says these words. He says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then this is what he says, verses 6 to 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, in everything, and in every situation, present your request to God. Conversational prayer, every. It's, it's praying always and any time. You know... Um, I've alluded to this a bit, so I don't want to unpack it too much, but we can be a bit meeting-averse as Christians. Lots of church can put on lots of meetings. And so we think, oh, no, uh, prayer, the the Christian hour seems to be sort of 7.30 or 6.30. A 7.30 meeting. I've got to have a prayer. I've got to have my prayer time, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., or 7.30, or whatever it is. We need time. I, I understand that. But it's not so much about a meeting as in... a but it's always, it's a conversation. You know, for, uh, um, God is not a, a formal master, he's a father. God reveals himself not as a formal master, make an appointment, 7.30, but as a father. Come on in. He kneels down. He's so high and lifted up, he comes down to earth. He stoops, that's what grace does. It stoops. And so with God, we can pray always and every time. With me, Often walking the dog uh, in the morning, cross West Park, not at the moment because it's too wet, the park is covered, but, and I'll talk. And it's a conversation. Expand the art of just a conversation. And, and, and I find myself talking. Talking. If I talk to my dog, Maggie, I can talk to God. It's a, it's, come on. It's, it, it, and, and a conversation of, thank you today, Father God. You know, I've got this, uh, there's this in my heart and mind. I, you're just good. Uh, th- th- I'm rehearsing my, my general sort of code. You, you, I, I might not be feeling it, though. I've got this on my mind. But I'm going to declare, I know that you, you've, in the past, you've been good to me. Walking across, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes has gone by in that early morning walk. And I've just, and I've been feeling and hearing God and, t- and touching my heart. And across the day and across the week and, and, and in the car at some certain times, I am learning to expand conversational style of prayer. And do you know what that does? It builds a family familiarity. Not an ungodly familiarity where I take God for granted, but family familiarity. I begin to, and I say this in the right way, I begin to know my dad. I begin to know my father in heaven. We, we're so meeting, based, you know, it's got to be right here, right now, th- this moment, and, and in the worship, it is in this moment. But as you walk, as, you, as you're on the way to work, as you're on your coffee break, as you're expand. Anyone that did something called Master Life, which we did as a discipleship series in our church, it was that the power of conversational prayer came in that. And that's what started me off on this journey. Of, and, but what it does, it builds. It builds a relationship. And what it does, when, when we know Father, that will fuel trust. And faith fuels peace. So, hey... This is a good thing to do. 
this is a good thing to do. So as we close, as the worship team will come back, we're going to sing together. Uh, let's, this morning, you know, uh, give God our hearts and lives. Let's put our problems, our hearts, our lives in his hands so that he can put his peace in your heart. Is that something you could do, we could do this morning, is put your life in his hands. Your family, your home, your thoughts, what's going on, put your life in his hands. Not in a technique, not in a way of doing things, but this is what we're saying this morning. Let's put our lives in his his hands. Because if we do that, he will keep us in perfect peace. Those who, who focus their hearts and lives and trust and put their lives in his hands. Come on, let's do that this morning, shall we? Shall we stand together as we pray and we're going to worship him? And if you're feeling this morning that you identify with some of the things that I say, uh, I've shared uh, just to say, not because of, of, of make anything about me or focus and attention on me, but just to help you that you know we can overcome we can overcome anything in his power and in his strength if we put our lives in his hands. Heavenly Father, this morning we love you, we honour you, we give you our lives. You know, as we, um, we come this morning, we want to give you circumstance, situation, work, family, finance, health, hopes, fears, habits, concern, joy, encouragement, future, our today, perhaps even things of our past, we bring it all and put it in your hands. Jesus says, come to me. My peace I give you, not as the world gives. Jesus, we love you. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never come to a place in your life where you've said, God, forgive me for living life for myself. Maybe you're a Christian and and you've been living not in his hands. Hey, this isn't just for someone who's not a Christian. Maybe you're here this morning, you're a Christian and you feel, hey, do you know what? Not beat yourself up. This isn't a beat yourself up time, but I've been living life. Other voices, my voice, my way. And I want to live for you. Then put your life in his hands. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not sure if you're a Christian. A Christian is someone who has said to God, please forgive me for living for myself without any recognition of you in my life at all. You sent your son, Jesus Christ, to pay the price of separation. And on the cross, he bridged the gap between human beings, me and you, God Father. Now will you take my life? He gave his life, so I'm now giving you my life. I'm putting my life in your hands. Maybe you're here this morning, you're doing that for the very first time. Then we are welcoming you into the kingdom of God. I pray, Father God, if there's anyone here this morning doing that for the first time, or maybe the second time, they're recommitting their life, would you come, Holy Spirit, and just flood and fill their heart with harmony, wholeness, and peace. And for any believer, any Christian here this morning that's just giving you their life afresh and putting it in your hands, would you bring alignment to their heart and mind? Would you bring their family situation, circumstance, job, heart, their walk with you, their desire in church, their children, their loved ones? 
bring it all into harmony with your will for their life so that they may know an inner sense of calm and peace. I pray, Father God, for the renewing of minds and the renewing of hearts in this place. To anyone that's listening to this on a podcast right now, you're with us here right at this moment. We pray that you will find freedom, hope, forgiveness and healing in the name of Jesus. I pray for the spiritual atmosphere over this place that we take authority, break every stronghold of attitudes of fortress of thoughts and pray freedom, freedom from habits and controlling thoughts that plague people. I'm no good. You're no good. I pray, Father God, the release of those thoughts in your name. We honour you. We love you. We lift you high, Jesus. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Let's lift him high. Let's give him our heart. Let's put our lives in his hands. And as we do, let's receive his peace. Receive his peace. My hope is built on nothing left. In Jesus' blood.